Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the September 18th edition of the Hughes Sports Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Jake Hughes, and normally alongside me is the old man. However, the old man is not here this week. He is in Spain. You'll see I am not where I normally am. I am actually in his house looking after the dogs who have decided now is the good time to start uh, making noise and, and and being rambunctious. So you guys will just have to deal with me for the next half hour, 45 minutes or so, as I assume there's going to be a lot less conversation, a lot less arguments, a lot less uh, back and forth going on. However, we are now live. If you are watching live here on YouTube, the old man will not be here next week or this week. He says he's going to be there the week after, which is getting real close to the end of the football season and also real close to the start of the NHL. Um, Please do let me know where you're watching from. Throw some chats in. The longer you guys want to stick around and chat about the CFL, the Vancouver Canucks and and the young stars and some of the news that's coming out of Vancouver camp as we're getting so close, so, so close to hockey season. Um, I'll stick around. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about today is, uh, as I was getting ready for the show about half hour before or half hour ago, 40 minutes ago now, um, daily hive is reporting, uh, via, uh, Rob Williams, uh, and Rick Dollywall of Donnie and Dolly that the Canucks are aggressively trying to make a trade right now. Um, obviously we've talked about it before that the Canucks are, Almost $5 million in the red uh, for cap space. The last time the Canucks had a situation like this, they were looking around and they found uh, a trade with Jason Dickinson uh, for Riley Stillman. I don't think it was that great of a trade because we did end up having to get rid of a second round pick for it. However, we do know that Patrick Alvine is willing to make moves right before the season, which I think is is a good sign. It's something that uh, I think we could see some beautiful, fun moves because um, it does look like that Tanner Pearson is going to be ready to go. So he will not be able to go on LTIR. Uh, it sounds like Ilya Mikheyev, uh, from everything I am hearing and reading and seeing, is that he might not be ready to go game one uh, off of his injury. Um, but... He's not LTIR allowed Um, or it's not going to be an ideal situation to put him on LTIR if he's not going to be out that long. All sorts of different things that could happen. I just want to touch on it now. Um, If the old man was here, I'd bounce some ideas off of him and see what we could do. But we keep talking about it. There needs to be something that happens in not just the NHL, but with or not just with the Canucks, but in a lot of the teams with the NHL due to the fact that there is Still a ton of teams over the cap space and uh, training camps open this week. I believe the Canucks are taking on the flames Saturday night here in Calgary. Um, I'm going to see what I can do with my schedule and what everything's going on, watching the dogs, the house and everything. If I can't uh, get to the game, but we will see what's going on. Uh, More Canucks news. The Canucks young stars happened today or this past weekend, sorry, not today. Well, there was a game today, but uh, the prospects, and I use that in quotations because there are a lot of players there that are 24, 
2023. They're not really prospects anymore. But this management team hasn't been able to see some of these guys, like uh, Hirose, who came over in the uh, in a trade. I believe it was the Bo Horvat trade, and I stopped myself while I think of that. But um, no, there's there's a lot of different pieces moving, and I don't blame them for putting together a team that has a chance at winning, um, a, a chance of putting getting good pieces back, uh, getting people who are young them the experience and getting them the the push the push that they need let's put it that way to have the confidence in in themselves but yeah the Canucks two to one I believe I'm, I'm looking it up here uh yeah Aiden McDonough one of the the guys who has NHL experience Akito Hiroshi um Atu Ratu um all were big players for the Canucks in this tournament as they should be. They are NHL. They're on borderline NHL players and wouldn't be shocked to see all three of them get some player, a lot of play coming out of uh, coming in this upcoming season, uh, whether there be injuries going down or maybe they kill it in camp. Someone like Aiden McDonough, Hikito Hirose have a chance in training camp because there is so much moving on. Um, and as we're talking about training camp, one big thing that we always need to talk about with the Canucks is a good start. The last two Octobers have really buried the team. And it's something I was listening to on Sakaris and Price um, today on my on my way home is that, and th- this shocked me, the last two Octobers, we've gone 2-5-2 and two, and 3-5-1. and one. That's burying ourselves in the first month. Now, it's not putting yourself out of it's not putting yourself out of a playoff position, but it's putting yourself out of easy contention for a playoff position. Um, looking at the schedule, we the first two games, October 11th and October 14th are going to be both be very hard games to win. Uh, the Canucks are taking or yeah, the Oilers are coming into Vancouver on October 11th. Then the Canucks kick off a five-game road trip. Uh, to go to Edmonton. So we're playing a home and home with Edmonton. Then they fly uh, to Philadelphia. Then they play the Lightning, Panthers, Predators. Then are back home to play the Blues and Rangers back to back. So it's... And then uh, play the Predators to finish out the month. So it's going to be a hard... It's going to be a hard month. But if you can finish... If you can change that 2-5-2 and two to 3-4-2 and two, or 3-4... I'm doing math here. Four, three, and two. You're putting yourself in a position to win. And this team on paper, who knows what exactly what's going to look like, especially if Patrick Alvin is aggressively looking to trade because we know Alvin and uh, Jim Rutherford are aggressive traders. They are guys who are going to make big moves that who knows what's going to happen. It, it should be interesting, um, but the Canucks need a good start to this year so um something i'm going to be keeping an eye on again like i said on the 24th game here in calgary there's a game on the 27th in edmonton then they play the kraken on the um the 28th saturday so by the time by the time we're back they'll for the show they'll be 
they'll have played one game. And then by the time the old man is back, preseason will basically be wrapped up. Um, because he'll, he'll be back. The show he'll be back on is the second and, uh, we'll be, we'll be full go ahead. I'm talking about full go ahead, the CFL season. Uh, before we jump into that, told you guys, this is going to be a very quick episode. Um, we're only nine, 10 minutes in. Um, do check us out on hughsports.ca. We are probably going to be a little bit slower because I'm only one person. I do have a full-time job, unfortunately. This is not my full-time job as much as I want it to be, and, and we're pushing for it. Um, it's you loyal viewers and listeners that uh, make it even close to even thinking it's a possibility. So please do check out hughsports.ca. Uh, you're actually able to click. Whoops. There it is. Click the QR code either above me or on the side of me uh, and check out our articles. We have uh, some insights uh, later today or more than likely tomorrow morning. I'll be posting the Hughes Sports Power Rankings, which will not be revealed tonight because I had to catch up on all the games. Um, I had a super busy weekend. This is where um, being an official, super fun. Um, I had six games this weekend to officiate in some capacity or another. So it's been a very, very busy week for me. I was able to catch up on all things CFL, but do check out hughsports.ca. You'll get some uh, great insights, some happy, happy times. And hopefully um, you guys stick around and keep coming back to the podcast again next week. I'm crossing my fingers that I'm going to have a co-host with me. So it's not just me rambling on and you guys uh, hearing it. However, if you are listening to this, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. No, 9 p.m. P- Eastern time. Math is hard. Hugh Sports, HSP underscore pod on YouTube. Come hang out, ask questions. Because if you guys are asking great questions, we're having conversations, we're, we're talking about the week 16 of the CFL season. We're talking about the, the news in the NHL because there has to be news in the NHL. Um, and we'll keep going. But if there's not, and it's just me, um, you guys aren't chatting all that, it's going to be a little bit shorter of a show, which is fine. It's going to be great. No matter what, I'm giving you guys my opinions, and uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying them. If you are listening on a podcast and not watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend, leave a five-star review, um, because that's how we show the algorithm that you guys like us. If you guys like us, we get seen by more people. If we get seen by more people, we can do this more. If we can do this more, I can quit my job and do a full-time uh, reporting and actually get news and, and be a newsbreaker. But right now, we are just a Hughes sports podcast. We are a fan podcast, and we are irrational fans. And let's talk about some irrational fans. Starting in the CFL for week 15. I had to double-check what week it was. Uh, first game of the week, Friday, the early game on Friday, we had the Toronto Argonauts, Argonauts going into Montreal in what was a lot closer of a game than I expected. Um, I just feel watching, now again, complete honesty, I watched this as highlights. I didn't wasn't able to watch the whole game um, or for any of the games, uh, but I was able to catch up on highlights, dig into some things, check the conversations out on uh, X, formerly Twitter, and uh, go from there. But honestly, I think the Alouette showed that, yeah, they are a step behind the Argonauts, that Toronto is probably, and I, and I 
put it in here is just better at the whole game. They there's not a position that they're weak at. There there's positions that they're weaker at than they're stronger at, but they have probably one of the best quarterbacks. They have one of the top running backs. They have a defense that doesn't stop. Their secondary is great. Their linebackers stay at home when they need to. They they contain. They they work as a unit so well. But Montreal's not that far behind them. And Cody Fajardo, as much as we talk about him loving to get hit, it, there has to be something because I watched and there was a few licks he took where I'm just like, why? Like he's putting himself in situations to do that and it's it's going to shorten his career. But if it comes down to it, <coughs> the Toronto Argonauts, Montreal Alouettes in the playoffs for the Eastern Final, which is what my prediction will be when we get to that point, more than likely, unless the Alouettes blow up or, or an injury happens, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be fun. And look, I think the Argonauts are going to win. The Alouettes have a chance. And they proved it by uh, going in, having a game, and keeping it within three. The Argonauts end up winning 23-20 to in a close game. And from all looks, it was a fun game. It was a close game. It was a hard-hitting game, defensively strong, offensively exciting. And that's what you want from the CFL. We're getting into the, the last five weeks of the season, and you're going to see teams that are have figured it out, that are finally working together, and it's going to be interesting. Um, which actually leads perfectly into the next game, which was the Edmonton Elks going into Saskatchewan and taking a nine-point win of 36-27. to 27. Um, I question a lot of things that Edmonton has done um, from the beginning of the season. But, but what I'm not going to question is Jarius Jackson as an offensive coordinator because he came in, he said, Trey Ford's my man, and look, if I told you that they'd be only two games out of a playoff position four weeks ago, you would have laughed me out of the podcast. You guys would have been on me on uh, Facebook, the CFL Chatter page. You guys would have told me I was crazy. But right now, the way the Rough Riders and Stampedes are playing, the Elks have a legit chance. I'm not saying it's likely. More than likely, it's going to finish with the Rough Riders in third. But the Elks, all they need to do is win two more than the Rough Riders. And they have a chance. Looking looking ahead, the Elks ha- do have a tough schedule. Because they play the Lions next week. Argonauts, they have a week off. Then they play the Argonauts. The Alouettes. The Blue Bombers again. And then they're off. So it's a non-zero chance of it happening. There's a chance it happens. I am just not, I would not be putting money on the Elks to win, to make the playoffs. There is a chance. Never say never. It's the CFL and, and Trey Ford is just putting on a show. Every time he takes a snap. The The game is just fun and exciting. And that's what football should all be about. Um, these five weeks mean something for the Elks, Stampeders, and Rough Riders. And that's what makes this, this league so much fun is that a team that started the year so terrible had the longest home losing streak ever in the big four North American sports. And they still have a chance to make the playoffs. Never say never. The fans in Edmonton seem to believe that. They're they're still showing up. They're still showing support. They're not expecting it, 
but they're supporting the team. And I think they're on the right direction with everything. Um, but yeah, what a, what a, what a fun game to end Friday night. Uh, and then we go into Saturday and Saturday, boy, was that a busy day. Um, I was awake at, I had to leave my place at about eight 30 in the morning to drive an hour away to do a football game, 45 minutes away to do a football game to officiate, finish that game up. And I had 40, I had 54 minutes to make a 48 minute drive. So if one, I hit one wrong light, I, I get stuck behind a construction. I get stuck behind a truck that just doesn't want to drive the speed limit. I would have been late to the next game. Luckily, both me and my other official, we made it. And let me tell you, it was, it was a blast. Um, but what was even more of a blast is finishing my first game, going in, grabbing my phone in the locker room, grabbing some water and seeing this score of the Bombers finish with 23 and go at Hamilton and they finished with 29. Now again, watch this game with, uh, on the recap. And let me tell you, we give on eSports, we give the CFL team a lot of crap. We give TSN a lot of crap. However, the CFL recaps are very, very well done. You can go onto YouTube. They put up full recaps. They break it and they do it right in order for the game. So you're, you're caught up. It's not a 30 second TSN bit that they do. It's the full game between 10, between eight and 12 minutes, I think, and gives you the big plays, everything. It's great. I appreciate it. CFL, please keep that up. There's, there's very, there's a lot of things you do well. Um, a lot of things I think you can improve. That's one thing that is just fantastic. And I appreciate it because it's only a day later. I can watch every single game quickly catch up on everything, not be left behind because of my busy schedule um, uh, making me unable to watch the games. Um, watching the highlights and reacting to Facebook and Twitter. There's a lot of talk that the Bombers didn't show up for this game. And again, I'm watching it in a recap, so I'm, I can't tell you the plays that the bigger plays. I only get to see the bigger plays. I can't tell you what happened in the in-between and the hustle and the heart and the effort, but from what it looked like. And I've been, I was very high on the, on Hamilton coming into the season. I thought they had the tools. I thought Bo Levi had some pressure off of him coming out of Calgary. Wanted something to prove. Obviously that didn't work out too well, but look, I think Hamilton showed up for this game. I think Hamilton knew they were coming into a Bombers team who didn't prepare. I don't want to say that. I don't think they didn't prepare. I don't think they were ready for the effort that Hamilton would give them. And by the time they they woke up and got ready for game time, uh, partway through, I think it was the second quarter, it was too late. Uh, and Hamilton just kind of kept that distance and, and didn't let it go. I'd love to hear your guys' feedback on this one, please, because. I honestly don't know. Smurf Mafia, please do show up. Uh, I know it's a term we use very uh, insulting almost, but you guys are passionate fans. Some of you are insane, but very passionate. I'd love to hear you guys' take because from, again, what I saw, which was not the whole game, which was only bits and pieces, is that Hamilton showed up for the game and it looked like the Bombers took a bit to catch up. Once they caught up, you could tell it was a, it was a close, good game. I mean, looking at all of these games, Bombers-Hamilton game, six points. Elks, 
Saskatchewan, the biggest points are at nine points. That's only two possessions. Technically, that's that's one score and, and punting it through the end zone. Two-score game. Argos, Owls, three points. Red Blacks and BC was only a four-point game. So this is where the CFL gets so exciting. You've got all these teams fighting for playoff spots, fighting for to make it into the playoffs and have a chance have a chance at the Grey Cup in Hamilton this year. And I just... I don't know what happened in this game. But I do know what happened in the second game, the Saturday night game, is that Vernon Adams, VA3, and the Lions, the defense, the offense, the special teams, coaching staff, and I, and I was commenting about this on Facebook, I don't know where it comes from, who who does it, but the, the fact that they don't give up, the fact that this team, despite everything, despite everything of them being down by 19 points going into the fourth quarter, somehow pulled it off. And I questioned, I questioned some of the play calls that were happening. The fact that they booted it deep after they scored in, 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 with only two and a half minutes left. The four minutes left, whatever much time was left. They made the right call. It's hard to argue because they won. They were bad in the first three quarters. The Red Blacks, they showed up much like Hamilton. I think BC was kind of like, oh, it's it's Ottawa. We can get through this. They're three and 10. They're worse than the Elks. But on any given day in sports, it's the reason we play it. And it's the reason we don't just hit a simulate button because the Red Blacks were Deserve to win that game. They really did. They they deserve to win. This is the I watched the most of this game because I was able to get home Saturday, turn it on, catch the last half of the game, and texting with uh, the old man, texting with my mother. That's okay. Like, was the game that bad? Like, was the first quarter that bad? And the old man turned the game off before the fourth quarter, with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and he missed the game. Really, that ga- the game was so exciting for 10 minutes. But that's part of the joys of the CFL is that you have this you have this window that never closes until a minute left in a two in a two or three score game because you have time, you can score points, you can the game is fast. I just wish that the game was that fun throughout the entire game. I wish the 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 both offenses and both defenses were clicking and and we saw a 37-41 game where it came down to the last play, which it did. But it was that exciting throughout the entire game because let me tell you, that last 10 minutes of that fourth quarter, I was excited. I got the dogs excited. I Everyone was excited. It was just a great time. Um, Yeah, it was fantastic. It was, it was a lot of fun. And look... I hope for the rest of the CFL, every game is as fun as that last 10 minutes of the Lions uh, Red Blacks game. Because I can't rem- there's not a lot of times where I can be like speechless. Speechless on a show that I'm, I, I, I speak on uh, almost too much sometimes. But the game was just fun. Game was fun. There's, there's, and big thing is there, there was, because the Tiger Cats beat the Blue Bombers, there was an actual. There was consequences that the Lions didn't pull this off. If the, if the Lions lose here, yeah, they keep pace with the Blue Bombers, but they don't gain anything. 
Now, looking at the standings, East Division, you've got the Argonauts 11-1. and one. That one blemish on their record still is held to the Stampeders. The Argonauts are 6-7. and seven. The Ticats are 6-7. and seven. The Red Blacks are 3-10. and ten. Then in the West Division, we have the Blue Bombers 10-4. and four. We have the Lions 9-4. and four. Like, we made up that game in hand. We have a game in hand. The Rough Riders are 6-7. and seven. The Stampeders are 4-9. and nine. The Elks are 4-10. and ten. So, there's a lot of moving pieces in this puzzle. And looking ahead to next week, let's let's jump into it. The picks for next week. So, game one, we've got the Rough Riders and the Red Blacks. Now, looking at the standings, the Red Blacks are basically playing for pride at this point. Playing for positions, playing for pride. And the Rough Riders are truly, truly... fighting to stay in the playoffs. So I could see this game being very lopsided. I could also see the Red Blacks bring it to them and not stopping. Um, I think this game is going to be very, very close. I am going to use my pick em and pick the Rough Riders because I think they look at this as a must-win game because the late game on Friday, the 7.30 game Friday, is the Lions at Edmonton. The Rough Riders don't really... They do have a chance of catching the Lions, but the Lions need to fall apart for that to happen. The Riders should be worried about the Elks. And the Elks versus the Lions, the Rough Riders get a win, get a, get another step of separation between themselves and... Right? The, the Riders, if they get the win and the Lions get the win, that, that separation is is bigger. The worst case scenario for the Rough Riders is Saskatchewan loses and the Elks win because it closes that gap. And uh, the Lions, they know with uh, Winnipeg being off this week, they need to make up this game. If they do not win this game, that game on October 6th, yeah, October 6th at 8 p.m. in BC means nothing. That's how important this game is. Right. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a big game for the Lions against an Elks team that is cooking. So the Lions need to be prepared, be ready to go from the snap of that ball, because if not, I can't see them winning. The game with the least amount of playoff implications, in my opinion, is going to be the Alouette Stampeders for early game on Saturday, September 23rd. Um... Sorry, for the Lions-Elks game, I'm picking the Lions. It's a need to win. It's a must win. It's a close that gap, get first, get home playoff advantage, despite your two and a half to three weeks off, get home field advantage against the Blue Bombers. End of story. That's what you need. Then, Alouette-Stampeders, the early game in on Saturday. And look, Montreal is a good team. The Stampeders have fallen off. I truly believe, and we talked about it last week, is that Coach Dickinson had a game plan and said, Jake Meyer, you need to make this work. I can make it work. Believe I can make it work. Why can't you make it work? And you can't do that. Cody Fajardo and the Alouettes, I think, are going to win this game handily, and I'm going to take the Alouettes. I would even take probably six and a half points. Um... For the Alouettes. And then we go into the evening game, the Tiger Cats and the Argonauts. Now, 
in theory, this game should be a, a cakewalk. It never is in the CFL, not this close to the playoffs. Um, but how can you bet against the Argonauts? You can't. You can't. It, it's impossible. So um, I think the Cats are going to come out and, and keep keep pushing and keep keep going. I don't see how they can beat the Argonauts. As I said, they're just a team that is better at every single position than every other team, especially in the East, but in the CFL in general. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun week. Week 16 is going to be a fun week. The week after is going to be even more fun because game one, Friday, September 29th at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, we have the Argonauts and Blue Bombers. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. Um, but as I've said already partway through the show, I hope you guys enjoyed these ramblings because let's face it. Uh, I have no way of knowing if you guys like it because I'm not getting a lot of feedback from you guys. So again, if you're listening on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, whether it be live, say hi in the comments. I appreciate, I saw my mother, Nancy Jackson in the comments. I appreciate that mother. I appreciate you tuning in and listening to me ramble like a madman. Uh, but if you're watching this afterwards, Tell me who you think is going to win one of these games. Tell me who you think is going to win all of these games. Tell me if you think that the Blue Bombers just didn't show up or if the Tiger Cats actually showed up and were ready for the game. Because, um, again, I believe it could go... It could have gone either way this past week. And tell me who you think is going to finish first in the West because I think it's going to be a very, very close game. And that game on October 6th could be the determining factor. Again, check us out on HughesSports.ca. If you're listening to this on podcast, leave a comment, leave uh, a review. Tell me that money, uh, that I'm crazy. If you use the word young stars, I'll know it's from this episode and, and I'll be able to appreciate you even more. Tell a friend, tell someone, post it on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at HSP underscore pod. Uh, same on Facebook. Follow me personally on Twitter or X at J streams, J E H streams. Um, I'm also on Twitch this week. I will not be here uh, because I am not at home. So it makes it kind of hard to do, but for the week of September 18th, a very short podcast. I told you guys be half an hour. It's 32 minutes right now. I will say goodbye and good night. Peace. <laughs>